Good morning, everybody, and welcome to On Texas Football Today, Coffee and Football. I'm your host, Blake Monroe, where I'm joined every morning by Jerry Hamilton and uh, Justin Welsh. You're standing in for Bobby Burton, who's on his way to Austin this morning. Both of you guys, of course, from On3 and InsideTexas.com. And, fellas, let's just start with Sark's presser yesterday. He had a, a few interesting notes, I thought, from it. Of course, the team meeting that yours called and then a couple of injury updates as well. Uh, Jerry, I'm going to let you take the lead on this. What did you take from that? Yeah, I thought the uh, team meeting, uh, a little portion from Sark was awesome because normally team meetings are called when things aren't going well. And this is the opposite. You know, maybe, look, I think one of the expectations um, for Texas is to maintain the standard, right? Not get complacent. Uh, every Monday, Tuesday practices aren't going to be great. Monday was not a good practice coming off Alabama. That happens. But the key is, do you lock in and have three or two or three good days of practice. So I thought it was a great job by, by Quinn and uh, probably Jalen Ford and those guys to uh, uh, make sure there's no complacency. Because normally, like I said, when team meetings are called, it's when stuff's hitting the fan, man. So <laughs> that's not the case here. Um, obviously, Sark listed Cedric Baxter uh, and Maurice Blackwell as, as game time decisions. You know, I, I'm sure Justin and I have an opinion on whether those guys are going to play Saturday or not. Um, but that's what Sark said. And then, Obviously, um, uh, I wanted to mention that uh, Coach Brian Irwin will be joining the show here in a little while to talk Wyoming, Texas, obviously, and maybe look back at Bama, his thoughts, his final thoughts on that game and headed into Texas, Wyoming. Um, and then, obviously, it's a huge recruiting weekend coming up. I mean, you beat Alabama. It was a quiet recruiting weekend 10 days ago. You beat Alabama, it turns into a big recruiting weekend. Now, September 30th, Kansas game. It's still going to be the big official visit weekend for uh, the 2024 class. That's the way we're setting up. But uh, you beat Alabama, and every weekend becomes big at Texas. <laughs> no doubt about it. And, of course, you guys, y'all y'all put a visitor list over at InsideTexas.com. And yesterday we had a question about surprise visitors, things like that. But, Jerry, who are some of the bigger names that are coming in this weekend? Yeah, I'll start, I'll start with uh, Solomon Williams, uh, obviously the four-star edge prospect out of Carrollwood Day. He was going back and forth whether his official visit would be the Wyoming game or the Kansas game. It was not dependent on if Solomon wanted to visit Texas. It was dependent on his mom's work schedule because he, he's been to campus before late July. He came with his head coach, Marshall McDuffie of Carrollwood Day. His mom's never been on campus at Texas. So Texas wanted the mom on campus. Solomon obviously wanted his mom to make the visit with him because without it, you're not getting the kid. Um, but it, it'll be interesting because he's got Texas this week and he's scheduled to be at Oregon next weekend. That's kind of a big game with Deion Sanders rolling the Eugene. So uh, he's going to get to see two pretty electric uh, college football environments back-to-back -back weeks. And he's scheduled to be back at Tuscaloosa unofficially for the Tennessee game if his recruitment plays out that long. He put out a top five, but it's really three, guys. It, it's, it's Alabama, Texas, Oregon. Uh, that's where – as of right now, this decision's coming from. And I think there's a lot of people that said, oh, he, he wasn't Alabama lean at, at the end of July. But early in this process, Oregon was the team to watch. So uh, it'll be interesting. But he's coming in officially. And uh, Justin, I mean, we, we, we put out um, DeCorian Moore, obviously, and um, a bunch of other juniors making the list. Hey, the group of wide receivers, Justin, along with Ryan Wingo in 2024, the group of wide receivers coming in is impressive. 
Yeah, you mentioned Solomon Williams and completely neglected Ryan Wingo. And I, I'm not going to tell him <laughs> you did that. And I, I think you should apologize to the fans. Um, but We've let, only mentioned it for a month. <laughs> let me let me tell you something. Ryan Wingo getting on campus is the biggest story. Because let me tell you, this, you know what you know what they need tonight. You know what they need this weekend. It's time for coffee. It's time to shut this thing down. I think it's tied with the Corey and Moore showing up, but that's just me. I I I, I think I <laughs> I'll take the senior over the junior. I'll take the top. I'll take the the top priority pass catcher in the twenty twenty four cycle for the Texas Big Board. Listen, Ryan Wingo's big. You know it. I know yeah. it. And all the Texas fans know it. Oh yeah. His family watched Bama and Texas snap for snap after his dad was was very very um was very happy for the horns. You could tell that the the Wingos were happy. This weekend is for is for coffee. Okay, this is the weekend to put a bow on this one. You know, he maintains he's going to go till December. I don't see that happening. He still has a Tennessee visit scheduled for the thirtieth. I'm not sure if that's still in the works. We'll, we'll get that info for sure because Tennessee's still been kind of pushing around. But this is a Texas-Missouri battle. I think it's swayed more burnt orange than it is necessarily black and gold at the moment. And after an Alabama win and, and a lot of good momentum, this is the weekend for coffee. It's time to wrap this sucker up, man. All right, guys, we got uh, plenty of time to get your questions in, so please do so. The question's already rolling in, but let's start with this one from Ski Break. He says, wide receiver five stars are a dime a dozen. Do any of these guys move the needle, say since 2018, like Waddle or Jamar Chase? No, they're not a dime a dozen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, look, I, I would say this, um, you know, inside the, in the state of Texas, I mean, <laughs> Moore now, he's a little different than the guys who've been ranked ahead. Yes. Range. DK's um, another tier. Yeah, I, I think I think DK's the best receiver prospect in the state, period. Amen. Uh, not That's not a knock on any of the other guys. There's some really, really talented wide receivers in Texas in 24, 25. Probably a couple in 27 running routes that we haven't seen enough of yet. But DK Moore, is he's the best of all those guys as far as uh, his upside talent. Um, does he moves Parker, the needle too. He yeah. Hey, the needle. By, by the way, does Parker? Somebody has a question to follow up with that. Does Parker Livingston injury open up a spot? No. I mean, no. No, it, you're, you're taking you're taking three early at wide receiver. If something happens late in the cycle, like in June or May, I mean that changes things. You wouldn't turn down a Jordan Anderson. Otherwise, you're going to the portal. Yep. Uh, Jerry, this next one is for you from David Rawls. He said, are there any highs on campus? I'm asking for a friend. Put yeah. you on the spot early. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay, yes. All right. <laughs> uh, we got a uh, damn high. <laughs> We're going to wind up taking that for a while, man. <laughs> that thread has turned into epic proportions. If you're not at InsideTexas.com, guys, you've got to see that thread. It has, it, it's, it's been a joy. The fans have been a really good – they've been really good sports about a high from – from 2013, still trying to wait for it. <laughs> so, but I'm telling you, when it happens, you're going to love it. And by the way, that's a great time. If you're not a member of Inside Texas, you can use promo code OTFIT23 or OTFIT23 for a dollar for two months. You got to select the monthly yeah. offer, though, for new members only. So be sure to remember that. All right, we got a super chat here. 
from Joseph Diaz. And he says, what's the playlist for the LED light show? And I'm going to add to that question. For those that aren't familiar, can y'all explain why he's asking that? It's not Dixieland Delight. <laughs> we'll start there. I actually don't know what the playlist is for it. I mean, I, I, I don't know what the playlist is. Justin, you know what the playlist is for the LED light show? For the light show? Um, I might know it. I, 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 um, man, I'm gonna tell you something. Saturday night's gonna be fun. Like, I can't wait to kind of, and I'm starting to wonder when, when it starts getting dark, because, you know, we're getting more into the fall. And so, you know, I'm thinking kickoffs at seven and what are we looking at? Like an eight, 15, eight 30, you know, kind of sunrise, kind of sunset type of deal. Well, I'll bring that seven. Uh, I'll bring that up right now. Seven 35. So it's gonna be seven to be exact. It won't take thirty minutes for 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 um for the darkness to come through and the the light to finally shine. Um, I'll say this: it won't be ELO's blinded by the light. <laughs> Jerry's like, I, wait a minute. Well, I just saw somebody 80s, comment late seventies, early eighties song. Somebody comment "Sweet Home Alabama." That actually be kind of funny to play Saturday night. From hey, a, when Bama comes back. perspective. When Bama visits Texas, once SEC play starts, that would be awesome. Yeah. All right, and then we're going to follow that up with this question from Ski Breck. He said, when will the lights be used, pregame, halftime, postgame? Do you all have any insight on that? Uh, no. I don't. I no, don't. Okay. It's it's all strategic. It all It's really based off the, the pace of the game. You know, Bama's light show is based off where, what the score is in certain quarters, and and their music's based off of certain where they're at in the third or fourth quarter, or whatnot. So I, I think it's all going to be kind of strategic. Yeah, somebody mentioned Virginia Tech's in or the Sandman. That's as good as there is in college football, by the way. I've been to a game there; it's pretty cool. cool. Um, yeah, yes. Hey, by the way, Texas fans, if you're going, team bus arrives Bevo Boulevard, North End of Bevo Boulevard, four forty-five Saturday. Um, so if you're, if you're going to the game, make sure try to get over there and welcome those guys in like they've never been welcomed before. Because uh, I, I think it's going to be the loudest ovation this team's had getting off a bus in many years. Hey, Corey, Corey Joe had Corey Joe mentioned um, Mo Bamba is definitely going to be on there. I wouldn't be surprised if Mo Bamba the song is. But can we can we can we clear something up? That is not a great song. It's a great song <laughs> title. It's an awesome song title, but it's not a good song. Sheck West is not a good rapper. Corey, <laughs> please understand that. Uh, Jason Hernandez asked Jordan Whittington at running back if CJ Baxter continues to get hurt. No. No, no he's slot. He's slot no. receiver. Texas has really good running That's back depth. Um, you know, look, I think you could see more Savion Red this week. Uh, I really believe that because here's the thing. You want to make sure Jonathan Brooks stays healthy. No reason to hand it off to him 20 times in between the tackles. You let Savion Red bring some angry pads Saturday because he runs with a little passion and a little aggression. Let him bring some angry pads and drop them on a Wyoming linebacker a couple times, four, five, six times in that game Saturday. And you get your guys, your Keelan Robinson and your Jaden Blues out in space where they're really at their best. I think you're going to see Brooks. Robinson and Blue in that order. And I wouldn't be surprised if they had similar carry numbers. All right, guys. It looks like uh coach is, is with us. So I'm gonna add him in here. And Coach Irwin, how you doing this morning? 
Doing good. Doing good. Good morning. Good morning, Coach. What's up, good morning. Coach? Hey, Coach, um, I guess first thing is, before we look to uh, Wyoming, obviously lunch with the coaches up on, on Texas football, but just kind of give the Texas fans your thoughts walking away now, turning the page from Texas-Bama, uh, headed into the Wyoming game. Uh, from your coaching perspective, then getting these guys ready for the next game. Well, I think, you know, we've dissected that thing pretty good and, and, and we all had keys to victory. And most of those keys came to fruition, uh, which is a good thing. But, you know, after going back and rewatching the game, one thing that really stuck out to me was the effort, the effort that was given, you know, uh, guys like JT Sanders falling on a fumble, being around the ball, uh, Jonathan Brooks being around the fumble, you know, picking the ball up and advancing it. And then the biggest one, the number one thing that I that I saw was when David Benda blitzed from a linebacking position, gets just knifed by that running back to the ground and is up in a split second chasing down the quarterback and, and getting a sack on him. That was probably the, the quintessential example of the effort that our guys gave. And uh, that's the kind of effort, that's the kind of championship effort I know that uh, defensively now is the standard. Uh, Coach, uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to watch much Wyoming or if you watch any of Wyoming Tech, but uh, any, any thoughts on if, if what you've seen from Wyoming, that matchup with Texas coming up Saturday? They're they're really tough on defense. They they're the running game, you know, is is going to be tough sledding. Uh, they've got a great run defense. Uh, they're very physical. I know they're very experienced and mature on that side of the ball. Uh, I watched them a few times last year and was really, really impressed with them. Uh, I remember they just completely stoned Air Force and nobody does that. Yeah. Um, uh, and then this year it played really well against uh, Texas Tech. I did watch a lot of that game. And then offensively, uh, very impressed with their quarterback, his toughness, his ability to throw, his ability to run. Uh, I, I do know that they've lost a couple of tailbacks, you know, coming into the season because they've been a you know, really physical, run-oriented, uh, play-action-pass type of offense. So I'm not sure that's who they are now. Uh, they're going to lean on that quarterback to uh, be very multiple in the run game and the pass game. Uh, having uh, you're the only guy on this uh, uh, live stream with state championship rings. Um, so the question is, off the big win early in a season, right? I mean, keeping those guys focused continue to take those next steps from floor to floor as you continue to uh, rise throughout the season. I mean, what are some of those keys for you having been through that before uh, at, at a pretty high level? The key is just one day at a time. It's uh, just just one day at a time, one step at a time. The process, Bobby and I talked about that on lunch with the coach. It's just taking care of the business that needs to be taken care of today. And, and, and then the next day, you know, whether it's in the weight room, whether it's conditioning, whether it's how we're eating, uh, how we're practicing, how much film we're watching, uh, you know, academic counselors, the trainers, just the process. You can't get ahead of yourself. We can't start looking towards a opponent in the, you know, in the Big 12. Can't be worrying about what the Big 12 opponents are doing. I promise you, Coach Sark and that football team, the only people they're worried about is, is the guys in that locker room and the support staff around them. So just work the process one day at a time. Don't get ahead of yourself. Stay in the moment. Keep getting better every single day. Just 1% better every single day. Give the same kind of effort David Benda gave on every single play, 
and the process and everything will take care of itself. So we always say winning is a byproduct of doing the right things. You don't worry about winning on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, you know, Thursday, maybe now Friday when, okay, we're getting close. Okay. We're getting close. Now Friday night, we're, we're talking about winning the game because all the haze in the bar, yeah. all the work's been done. There's a little bit more mental uh, process. There's a little bit more film to watch, uh, making sure, you know, we know and we're comfortable with our openers and the script and things like that. But uh, the haze in the barn. But uh, we just got to work the process one day at a time. Don't worry about winning. Winning takes care of itself. We know we want to win. Everybody wants to win. But we just have to be mature in our process. Hey, well, Coach, we ask you questions about coaching, the X's and O's the locker room, everything like that. But I, I wanted to ask you a question since Saturday night. Being at the game, being a University of Texas graduate, uh, what were your feelings? I mean, as that game closed, those seconds really ticked away and, and Texas was going to win at Alabama. What were your feelings and thoughts? Uh, just sheer exhilaration. It was, it was so much fun, so much pride in the way our guys play and the way our guys prepared to play and, and the clean, you know, execution was, was, was so great to see. But, but after that game, I mean, we just soaked it in. We took pictures, you know, from the upper deck. Um, we, we had a few conversations with some Alabama fans. Uh, for the most part, those were pleasant. They wished us well, they congratulated us, but uh, that game, so much reminded me of the 05 national championship, the same kind of pride. I was there uh, with, as Rashad Bobino's guest, and um, and then I was there again the other night. It was the same kind of feeling, the same kind of pride. Now we want to we want to get that. We want to get that consistent feeling back. I have a question. Go ahead, yeah, I, was say, I have a question for you. Is there anybody, or if you had to pick a player? Uh, who has pleasantly surprised you so far through the first two games? On defense, Ethan Burke. Ethan Burke would be uh, a guy that's I, – I didn't know he was going to progress this fast, and he, he's a beast. He comes off that edge, and uh, he's big, he's strong. Uh, he compresses that pocket. He sets the edge. Uh, you talking about another guy that flat out chases the football. I mean, just like his butt's on fire. He he goes. Uh, so de definitely defensively, I'd have to go with Ethan Burke. Anthony Hill's right there. I mean, what he's done, uh, he, he's got to be right there as well. Uh, we expected huge things from the rest of those defensive linemen. We expect huge things from Jalen Ford. We expected huge things from our corners and safeties. Uh, but uh, definitely Ethan Burke, probably sec a close second, would be Anthony Hill. On offense, um, I would have to say pretty pleased with the way Quinn's progressed going after last week. Uh, he, he took a gigantic leap from last year and even week one to, uh, to week two. Uh, his development, uh, his maturity, um, what we heard from him after the game, I, I was, I was just so happy to hear, and so uh, incredibly impressed with how much he's grown and and uh, developed and matured. That's what you got to have. That that guy, that quarterback, to be a championship club, he's got to be a strong spokesman for the team. And 
I saw a strong spokesman for our team the other night after the game out of him. Uh, from from X's and O's perspective, from your coach's eyes, a couple areas this team can get better at that you that you've noticed, and how much room to, of for improvement is there left for this team? Uh, run game improvement on offense. Uh, we we finally got our explosives in the passing game. We finally got our deep shots. We all can breathe a sigh of relief now because Quinn now can can officially throw the deep ball and. And, and Xavier can now track it, and Adonai can track it. We know JT can track it, and we know Jay Witt can track it. So we feel good about that. Um, I think now getting the run game going on a consistent basis. We didn't get the run game going against Rice. We didn't get it going great against Alabama, but it served its purpose, and we pounded and we pounded. We pounded. And then finally the dam broke. You know, uh, one big play in the Alabama game from the run game that I was so uh, proud to see was – when we got the interception returned down to about the five-yard line, it's first and goal from the five. Yeah. How many teams in the country can hand it off, play one, and, 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 and pound that thing in there from five yards out? That's that's an NFL type of defense. You don't see that in against those type of defenses. It, right. it takes two or three downs to pound it in, and we pounded it in. So we, the dam broke the other night. You know, We finally got it to break. And then again on that last drive when we hit the, the – you know, what, 10, 12-yard run from Jonathan Brooks on third and seven. So running game served its purpose. Or not. We, we want to see more explosives, I guess is the the, the short answer. I want to see now we want to, we've gotten the pass game explosives. Now we want to see the run game explosives out of the tailback position. Coach, would you – you've watched Cedric Baxter. You've watched CJ the first couple games. I know you've, you've known about some of his stuff from the fall – I mean, from the spring and, and fall camp. Do you see a, a burst from him? Do you see kind of that glimpse, that flash that, you know, if he's actually fully healthy, that might be your big play running back? It seems yeah. like we saw a glimpse of that in the first game. We saw they went heavy with him early, you know, against Bama. It was almost, you know, he was definitely in the game plan. I feel like that's the guy that if he's just not dinged up, if he just doesn't land on that ball wrong against Rice, if he just doesn't get, a, a th- you know, his calf or something messed up late, that to me feels like their biggest potential big play guy. I'm with you. I think that running game needs to be a little more consistent, and that's being picky coming off a seven and a half minute drive that Texas finished the game with, moving the chains quite well. Yeah, yeah, he definitely could be that guy. We we know he's he's going to be in the future. Uh, Got to get him healthy. I'm not sure the extent uh, of this second injury, yeah. so we got to get him healthy. He's that explosive guy. I mean, we we have so much confidence in him that. You know, the first two or three plays that are scripted against Bama are, are featured around him. Yeah. You know, and empty sets and bunch sets, and we're throwing him the ball outside. So, golly, that guy, I mean, he can catch the football. He can he can run. He's obviously a great pat in pass protection because that's probably why he's starting because yes. he might be the best pass protector. Um, but I don't take anything. I, I love Jonathan Brooks. I mean, I flat out love him. I think he can go. I think Jaden – Blue is what he showed us against Rice. I think he was the most impressive back against Rice. Um, he's your fastest. He's got a burst. He can go. So, uh, you know, feel good about that. We know what uh, Keelan Robinson can do, and he, he's got explosive capabilities as well. Like anything else for Coach? Yeah, I was going to say, Jerry, you got anything else? I, I, hey, he let him go. Yeah, he may have coached football, but he just knocked it out of the park again. So. <laughs> I got another one. I don't know if I'll Coach played any baseball. I'll jump. I'll, I'll add one more, and I think Coach will appreciate this. You know, 
we, we talk all about how Texas had all the good stuff, but there was a few bad plays. The Jared Thompson getting burned. I believe it was on Jermaine Burton. I couldn't remember if it was Kobe Prentice or Jermaine Burton where, where Jared Thompson took a bad angle, got burned on the touchdown. And then he came right back mm-hmm. and made a play. How many times, Coach, have you told kids in practice, in video sessions, in, in summer mandatory you know, liftings, hey, you're going to mess up. It's how you come back. It's that lack of memory. Like That's why I feel like Terrence Brooks has the most upside of any corner on this program because yeah. of his memory. The guy yeah. forgets everything, good and bad, on the next play. What, what were your thoughts on Jaron Thompson? Kind of missing an angle, kind of missing a play, but Jaron's the quintessential maturity you know, experienced cat, he cuts that angle. He makes a huge play. That could have been one of the biggest differentiators in the second half. You go from a bad play to making a play. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm glad you asked that. That's, this is probably my favorite aspect of, of coaching and, and, and the game of football is how you respond to negative things. We, we coached that and talked about that more than anything. More, you know, bad things are going to happen. Yeah. Uh, in every single game, whether it's a penalty, whether it's a fumble, whether it's a missed tackle, whether it's an interception, whether the ball gets you know bounces the wrong way, whether an official misses a call, bad things are going to happen. It's all about how we respond to the bad things, how we run to the next situation is what we always said. Run to the next situation. Run the next situation like your butt's on fire. You know, 90% of success in life is not based on what happens to you. It's based on how you respond to what happens to you. Hold the rope, let it burn, but don't let go. That was our favorite mantra, especially at Lamar. You know, hold the rope, let it burn, but don't ever let go. And uh, you you do that with the kind of effort that our guys are giving. Have that dog mentality. Respond. Run to the next situation. Hold the rope, let it burn, but don't let go. All right. Well, Coach Irwin, we appreciate you coming on and joining us this morning. Taking time out of your busy day to talk some football with us. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. More encouraged. Thank you. (laughs) All right, everybody. That was Coach Brian Irwin. And you can see him right here on Texas Football uh, every week. So if you haven't seen those videos, I think yesterday, the other one was yesterday was posted. So you'll have to go back and check that out for sure. I I want to comment on that. So the first time I met Coach was at Lamar. Um, Obviously, he came to uh, uh, Lamar as a a head coach there from uh, Hillsboro. Um, but you know, he obviously had Rashad Bobino, but Lamarck still had some really good players coming through at that time. It's not the Lamarck you see today, um, where all those kids are at Dickinson. Um, but the physicality of his teams, it's just kind of what he spoke to the toughness and the physicality of his teams always stood out immediately when you were at the practice field, no different than you were at a Friday night game watching his team. So when he speaks to it, he's lived it, he's coached it. He's breathed it. No doubt about it. All right, guys, we got another super chat here that we need to knock out. Kevin Todd asks or says, good morning, guys. Realistically, if Quinn goes to the NFL, who starts next year at quarterback, in your opinion? Loaded question. Justin? Arch Manning. (laughs) I knew Jerry was going to do that. Justin and I are the same. Arch Manning. Arch Manning starting the first game in the SEC for Texas, Uh, barring, you know, some injury. Same. And it's early. I know people, the comments, I, did, I love Malik Murphy. He's got a hand cannon. He's got to register that thing before they get on a plane, okay? Mm-hmm. Murphy can throw it, okay? But the, the maturation from Arch Manning from late spring to early fall, 
was incredible. That was something noted by, but not only Sark, but also practice reports. He followed that up with some big scrimmages, some big plays. More than likely, yes, Quinn's going in the first round. That's happening. Quinn keeps doing what he's doing. He's going to be in New York for the Heisman, which I was the only person on the inside Texas staff to pick Quinn yours to win the Heisman Trophy this year. So y'all need to remember that as well when you're <laughs> looking at Super Chats. But at the end of the day, I think Arch Manning is going to be the leader going into that. Now, Sark's going to make him battle, but I do think it's going to be it's going to be Arch. I will follow that question up with this one from Victor Massell. He says, is there a chance Quinn has a great year and comes back due to zero the you're already shaking your head no? Zero. Zero. <laughs> Listen, zero. Dude, he skipped his senior class. year to do this, to start the draft clock early. Any question or mention of him coming back is not happening, barring something catastrophic. That's why he left his senior year early. And it wasn't just NIL related. It was to get that NFL clock started 12 months and ahead to get that first contract to get you closer to that second contract. This thing was planned out from day one. And and, and from the from the Texas perspective, the best case scenario is he goes in the first round. Amen. It's great for the resume of Sark. It's great for University of Texas. Um, when's the last first round quarterback Texas produced? I think we know. So David then, Ash. Oh, David Ash. Mm-hmm. Then that then that sets then that sets that next competition. Then that sets up the KJ Lacey, right? Coming in in 25. It all sets up for Sharp. Uh the best news for Texas fans this year is if Quinn Ewers goes pro and is a first round pick, because that means Texas had a really good year. Yes, sir. Really good year. No doubt about it. All right, let's see here. We got a question from Informative Contribution, and he says, do you think we may see Trey Wisner tomorrow night? Always on special teams. I think he's talking about running back. That, you know, it depends on what the, where the score is in that game. It's deep. It, they got a lot of guys to get off the bench. That's the problem with Trey. There, there's like three or four guys that they also want to get those kind of carries to, the young guys that may not be in the rotation. The tray might kind of just get muddied in the mix here early on. And the problem is, this is where the, the running clock on first downs becomes an issue for coaches, right? I mean, we talk about it from the game planning perspective. You know, um, I don't like the rule. There's a reason college basketball is a 30-second shot clock and not 24. I don't like the rule. I get it's all about money. But it's harder to work that fifth string, fourth string, fifth string guy in in these games. You don't have as many of those opportunities. When you miss that one, maybe two possessions in a game, depending on how that game goes, that's the possessions late where you're getting that last wave of guys in. Like, Sadir Mitchell's played a play against Rice. He played a couple of plays against Bama. If you have that extra possession against Rice, Sadir Mitchell suddenly played six plays in that game versus one or two. That That's where that clock rule is. Um, is interesting for staff because it, it takes away that possession in games that they're going to win by a certain amount of points where they can get that young kid on the field just to get his feet wet. All right, guys, before we move on, I need to tell everybody about Goosehead Insurance and Chase Yarbrough. Um, there's hundreds of insurance providers out there to choose from, but Chase and his team have vetted the very best. They select only insurance companies that deserve your business for home, auto, life, flood, and umbrella policies. This morning, in fact, uh, right before the show started, Chase hooked me up with the super low rate on our three vehicles, saved me a ton of money. I also used him a couple of weeks ago when my wife and I bought a new home. He gave me the best deal around on that as well. So contact him today. Let him save you some money. 
you can contact Chase at chase.yarborough at goosehead.com or give him a call, 325-261-7127. And we want to thank Chase for sponsoring today's live stream. Okay, more questions rolling in, so let's just get right to them. And uh, Hook'em from VA says... How do coaches evaluate culture fit? Are these five? Are there five stars that aren't culture fits due to maturity, or is that part of the national rankings? No, that's look. I mean, from a national rankings perspective, having done that a long time, you can't really do that because I mean, you can look at where a kid goes and his fit, maybe. But if there's a kid that's ranked top fifty in the country at a certain position, and he makes a he makes a, a decision, which okay, that that fits that kid. Now, there's been some others where, man, that doesn't fit that kid at all. And uh, so, no, from, from a ranking standpoint, no, you can't you can't do that because you, if there's somebody that really stands out badly, of course. we've uh, That's been done by my, myself, teams I've been on, and others in the past. But it, it's hard to do that because, look, there's more cases of kids going to schools, getting away from maybe a bad situation, a bad environment or whatnot, getting far away from home in some cases and getting into a different family, a family of football. And those kids just excelling, excelling in football, excelling in life. The, the blow ups, the bus are more publicized and that's what people talk about more. But I can tell you doing this a long time, the kids who go to a different situation, a different environment than the one they're in and go on and excel, their bodies blow up. They maximize their talent. They say, man, I have a chance because I have this level of talent to go have a great life and make a life for myself. There's more of those than the other. It's just not talked about as much. Um, but evaluating culture fit, look, I, I think um, it, it's small things. I'm going to tell you guys a story about Rashawn Johnson. Uh, at the Under Armour All-America game, um, you know, doing that for years and years. Rashawn, that week of the Under Armour game, he wasn't the most talented player there. He wasn't the best player there. Um, he was the first guy in the meeting every morning, first guy down for breakfast every morning, last guy to leave the meeting room every day. He showed those signs in a high school at an All-America game environment where kids are out having fun. It's more of a celebration of your high school career, even though you're still focused in that week. But he showed those signs. And, and being part of those games, you see those in that level – you see certain kids like that, that, okay, they're doing like, they went in here serious in this, the way they were at Port Natchez Groves. It doesn't change when they're at the Under Armour week. Uh, some of those things like that easily are, are seen if you're around uh, those guys. And for a coaching staff, I think the culture fit, that's where you're getting kids on campus matters. You get your players around a recruit, and you get the feedback from your team, your players, your coaching staff as to how that guy would fit in your culture and in your program. All right, we're going to take some more recruiting questions here. And again, plenty of time to get your questions in. Please do so. Also, don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button. We would definitely appreciate that. And for, don't forget to ring the bell so you're notified anytime a new video is posted. Uh, let's go to this question here from Austin Cochran. He says, good morning from Jasper, Texas. Any updates on Ty Anthony Smith? Yeah, I actually spoke to somebody who was on Inside Texas uh, Thursday morning. I spoke with somebody close to that recruitment yesterday. 
Um, yeah, there's some movement there. Um, the person close to that recruitment thinks Ty Anthony will end up on campus this season at some point. Definitely not a lock. He ends up at Texas A&M. USC, it came down to those three. USC's out, according to the source. So, um, you know, LSU's calling. Oklahoma's still calling. TCU's cult still calling. Baylor's still calling. It's going to be a Texas versus Texas A&M deal once again. And, uh, uh, I, I, yeah, it, it, there's something movement there. All right, Justin, this next question is from you, from Justin Dowdy. And he says, will you be at the street fight known as Longview versus Lufkin? That's a good question, Justin. Uh, we were, Jerry and I were talking about that the other night. It was a funny thing, Jerry. I had a handful of Longview coaches that apparently were watching. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't say anything disparaging. Those are my guys over there. Co- Co- Coach, Coach, Coach King, Coach Borens, all uh, those. those are my guys over there. But you know what? They fire you see your Justin's feet right now. <laughs> they, they are, they are, they under it, it just it 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 exemplified how important that game is to those <laughs> teams and those schools and how similar they are. And even and even the coaches were admitting is like, yeah, Lufkin cycling cycling back up. Like we gotta we gotta be on our toes a little bit. It's gonna be a good game, no question. I'm not sure if I'm gonna be there tonight. I'm actually kind of looking at my schedule right now to, to figure out where I'm gonna be because I got to go grab a seven-year-old to, to to be my co-pilot with me. Um, but man, I'd like to. I wouldn't. I, if I'm out there, man, Justin, come see me. Come say hi. Come 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 reach out. Um, it's going to be a good game, man. And, and and Jerry will tell you. You know, he talked about this a couple of weeks wow. ago, being one of his favorite rivalries in Texas high school football. It is. These two teams just mirror each other. Same kind of athlete. Same kind of mentality. Same toughness. Same chip on the shoulder. It's a this fight it is, it's a, it's a great it is game. so good it's always so good i think it's going to be close i hope to, to, to i hope i uh, i hope it is uh i don't know for sure where i'm going to be tonight justin but you know what lobo stadium might be the place <laughs> um yeah for sure uh by the way guys hit that like subscribe button if you're following along if you're not a subscriber hit that like button please uh during these chats live streams and all our shows we pre- greatly appreciate that when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. No doubt about it. All right, Isaiah Stewart asks, how far out does the coaching staff start looking towards the next recruiting class? Of course, we're on our top 24s, but when do we prioritize 25s and then 26s? Already. So I think the junior year evaluations are well underway. Right. The Texas off week is right after OU, so it's that that October 13th week. I think where the staff disperses around the country will be very telling on some 25s what they're thinking midway through their their guys' junior season. Obviously, there's 
a handful, 10, 12 guys that are at the top of a board already. Those guys are elite when they're young. But from that standpoint on, there's a lot of evaluation left. I mean, there's some things will change throughout this scene, this junior tape for these guys and these school visits on Fridays, and especially that uh, leading up to that off week, October 13th. Obviously, A.J. Milwee will beat K.J. Lacey's game. Inside Texas reported that. Um, but, you know, that it makes sense, right? You're not going to go look at a 26 quarterback. You're going to go see your 25 quarterback commitment. There's a handful of 2026s that stand out now, but it's very early in that process. I mean, they have there's a list of names. There's guys they're tracking. They know right? guys that they're but monitoring. way early to yeah. set any type of board other than, okay, this guy's special. Maybe right. he gets the S next to his name. He's special. Like a well, Javion Osborne, the running back out of Forney. He yeah. is borderline special. He's going to be he, – he, I, I wouldn't be – if you notice the running back takes outside of Wisner, you know, Choice likes to go out of state for his tailback sometimes. He goes – well, he just likes to go big fit, big game hunting, essentially. He wants the best. But don't be surprised if J.O. Osborne is a guy that, that, that stays around the mix. He can be special, Jerry. You'll yeah. love Javion Osborne out of Forney. Very good. Watch him. Watch him plenty. Um, yeah, so that's uh, I Jimmy Trevino. Watch out for CE King, CE King program on the rise. Look, there's more yeah. talent over there. Everybody can't go to North Shore. Um, good D line, they've had some good D lines over the last couple seasons. Good coaching they, there, they definitely did last year. They had three D1 guys um, <laughs> on the D line last year. Uh, pretty program that has some talent. Atasca Seed has a good running back in 26, uh, the 25. Uh, Tory Blaylock is he actually has a running back body this year. Last year, he did not. Derek Blaylock's brought him along. Um, but he, uh, Tory Blaylock looks different physically. Saw him in the season over against Dickinson this year. And thank you, Jimmy Trevino, for the super chat. We appreciate it. Okay, guys, we have a question here from Cotton. He says, Marcus Harris, the 25 wide receiver, seems excited for the weekend. What kind of player is he? Smooth, he's smooth with size. I mean, he's right with the ball. He's like, to me, he's very similar to DeAndre Moore with si more, more size, right? An outside guy that has that smoothness about him, uh, just that natural, smooth, wide receiver prospect. And obviously, guys, out of modern day, uh, Sark wants to have a massive presence at modern day, St. John Bosco. There's about three or four programs in SoCal that they want to have a strong presence at modern day one, St. John Bosco two. Uh, Marcus Harris, Jordan Davis in the 2025 running back at modern day. Then you have Brandon Baker. DeAndre Carter in 24, obviously Brady Sarkeesian played with those guys in high school. DeAndre Moore is a Bosco kid. So uh, Texas had, is having success they want at those two schools um, right now. And Marcus Harris is definitely, he's, um, you know, you have Ryan Williams will probably, he's going to, he's playing to reclass the 24. You know, you got the Corian Moore, Marcus Harris, couple, couple others there in 25 ahead of the, the others headed into the uh, junior year evals. And then Jerry Sean Gonzalez talking about Marcus Harris. Uh, he says Harris versus Taz Williams. Who's a better fit? But can you talk about you know maybe their playing styles? They're different. They're different styles receivers. I know Jerry's going to lean towards Harris, and I probably do too because I think he's a little more polished. But Taz has way more speed and twitch, and so I think they're kind of they're, they're they're just different types of receivers, similar styles. I mean, similar sizes. But but and I know Jerry's a Harris guy. I, I really like Harris too. I'm kind of a Taz guy. I've seen his growth over the last 12 months. If he makes the jump that he made last year to now to next year, 
Taz Williams is going to be in a lot more conversations. The kid holds 44 offers. So I just think they're – I wouldn't say a better one's a better fit to the other. I think they, they complement each other. All right. And then we have a basketball recruiting question here, Jerry. Uh-oh. From Champ Bailey 3. He says, any updates on Texas basketball recruiting and Trey Johnson? Also, do we know if Tavondre Sweat was finally able to meet KD? You know, Tavondre hadn't put out a picture with KD. I think if he'd have met KD, he would have been all over that on social media. So mm-hmm. I've not heard if he actually met KD when KD rolled through because there was a picture with Sark. Um, that was definitely out when the players were probably not in the coaches' offices uh, in that area in, uh, in Newhouse. So we'll, uh, I have not heard that. But Trey Johnson, look, somebody asked earlier, canceled his Bama visit for this weekend. He's going to – it's Texas or Baylor for him. I'd be shocked otherwise. I think Texas is in a pretty good spot. He's supposed to visit Baylor into the month. Um, obviously, he'll pick a college. I think it's one of those two. I think Texas has done a great job. Rodney Terry was at Link Academy earlier this week. He was also at Montverde Academy. And he went out to see Cam Scott, uh, the four-star commitment in Lexington, South Carolina. Uh, visitor this weekend, it's Nick Cody, 6'8", uh, uh, forward, uh, power forward that can step out and shoot the ball a little bit. He's out of Carrollton, Newman Smith. That's a Houston, Texas battle. He's got a lot of other visits, but I'm here in Houston, Texas versus Texas right now. Houston gets the last official visit in mid-October. Uh, his father... Obviously, Nick Cody, I mean, uh, for those that don't know, his father, Nick Cody's father, played at Baylor and in the NFL, Cleburne and high school. Uh, but this is a Houston-Texas battle right now. I give the slight edge to Houston heading in this visit. We'll see what happens. Okay, let's go talk about Wyoming for a minute. But before we do, I'm going to answer this question from MJF. He says, are y'all at the co-op on Guadalupe later today? The answer to that is yes. Uh, Bobby will be there along with Rod Babers. They'll be streaming live from three to four as well. There's free adult beverages if you show up while you're shopping that you can partake in. Uh, and then, Jerry, I believe you'll be joining them yeah. throughout that broadcast as well, correct? Yes, yep, yep, absolutely. Uh, Bobby and Rod will be at live at co-op today. Uh, shows from three to four. Get there early. Um, they have the happy hour at the co-op. Obviously, they're they they're selling a lot of jerseys right now, so they got a lot of gear. Gear's flying off the shelves this week over there. So get to the co-op early, especially if you're going to the game uh, Saturday. Uh, but yeah, I'll be on. I'll be joining uh, Bobby and Rod, not in person though. I'll just be here uh, on my computer. But I will be in Austin tomorrow. Hey right. Blake, yeah, real go quick. Ahead. I think we we stirred up a hornet's nest with this Arch Malik stuff. Yeah, the <laughs> we did. We and, did, and, and, and we don't have to get into all of it, you know, because it, that's what that's what these shows are for. We get to talk about it. We get to you know go through what's what their strengths are, their weaknesses. That's the fun part of sports. That's the fun part of getting to kind of gab about it, like we're in a locker room. But some some somebody had mentioned, you know, why would with when I was explaining how great Malik's arm is and it is otherworldly, why would Arch play if Malik had such a great arm? Because it requ- playing quarterback requires two hundred other factors. Just because you have a cannon on your shoulder does not make you a starting quarterback. It means you have an attribute that could potentially lead to being a good start starting quarterback. You have to factor in everything. And as much as I like Malik, and listen, coming out of the spring, Malik Murphy was the backup. That was the dude. He had a great spring game. He had a good – you saw the development and the patience Sark and Mill we have had with him, and he has been tremendous. I love that he stuck around. It could have been easy for Malik to leave. Seeing the rotting on the wall, potentially, he could have easily gone somewhere else and started, but he didn't. He loves Texas. He loves Sark. 
And I think that's going to resonate through this year. And, and when, you know, they have to make a decision in January or February or sometime in spring, please understand just because he has an arm better than Arch, it takes about 200 other factors to play quarterback at a high level and having a big arm, you're going to have to have more than that. All right, guys, let's uh, talk about Wyoming for a little bit. This first question, and I'm probably going to butcher this, Rathbone Alcala says the 335 flyover defense. Wyoming runs it. Is it Sark's kryptonite? Yeah, they run some of it. Um, their back end uh, is their weakness on defense, their secondary. I mean, their defensive front's experience. Um, th- those guys started playing football in the eighties, probably on that defensive front, their linebackers, they have kids. Yeah, they have. Yeah. 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 Um, they got a family to feed Jerry they got a family to feed The linebackers are very good players there. Uh, their back end is their weakest unit of the defense of an experienced defense there. I, I think that that's, what'll be interesting to see. I think the key for Texas in this game is getting the ball out quick, getting the ball, to playmakers in space, if Texas does that, they're gonna they're gonna win the one-on-one matchups uh, because you have to populate the football and tackle. But for the Wyoming secretary, I think they may have be a step slower populating that football in space. And I think it gives the Texas playmakers an advantage in this game. All right. Then the next question comes from E. Kim, and he says, Who gets the most sacks against Wyoming? Uh I, I, Sorrell. I I think Wyoming's offensive tackles are, are, are an issue in this game. I, you know, watching Texas Tech, watching a little bit of, not that they're bad players, but I think that's an issue in this game. I, I'm going to go Ethan Burke again. No, I'm going to go Ethan Burke again because I think as long as he's lining up wide in that two point stance, he's dangerous off the edge. And then and you got to mention Anthony Hill. Didn't he lead the game in sacks last week? At some point, we got to mention him too. But, yeah, yeah, he did. He had two. Uh, he's an opportunistic guy. Let's put it that way. He has to, he has two, but it, are they going to use him the same way this week? Right? I mean, that's you know it'll be interesting. But the other thing is, look, Anthony Hill had two sacks last week and the twenty-two second, snaps. The, six the, second, the second sack was actually Dre Bledsoe making the play. Right, Dre Bledsoe. That's part of it. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dre, yeah. Hey, Dre's coming on too. I love the progress, that development of that deal. Oh yeah, I, it, I think I think Ethan Burke's going to play more snaps probably, but I think the Wyoming yeah. offensive tackles are going to yeah. have an issue against Texas. I just the way Keaton Crawford shot out of a cannon on that safety blitz. <laughs> the fact we're talking about sacks is in the in the in, in, in the plural. To yeah. me, is a very big boost in this Texas defense that I think we had talked about a ton over the last nine months. All right, you talked about the development of the D line, Justin, which leads me to this next question from David Williams. He says, "Devondre Sweat is three hundred and sixty pounds right now. Only Sadir Mitchell has the potential for that size. I hope Byron Murphy returns in twenty twenty four. If he leaves, who will start at nose tackle slash defensive tackle for UT next year?" Where's David Williams on the inside Texas board? Where's David Williams? I miss him. Williams, David, where are you at? That's disappointing. Could Byron Murphy come back next year? Absolutely. Jerry and I talked about that a little bit. That's actually something that could happen. 360 seems a little too big. But Sadir holds it well. Sweat could hold it well. Um, What do you think, Jerry? I I think Byron comes back. Yeah. And, and, and I think Sadir Mitchell is a factor. I think DeAndre Robinson, as a fr- as a freshman, could make an impact. Um, but do you think they perhaps go to a portal? Well, I, 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 guy? I think here's the thing. I, Trill Carter's not healthy. 
So Texas fans haven't seen Trill Carter yet. I think Trill Carter playing over the ball, uh, playing some of that next year um, is going to be big if he's healthy. Because you got to remember, he was an honorable mention all Big Ten player. He's just carrying around a big old left knee brace right now. And when he pushes off and has to go lateral, you can tell he's not healthy. So getting him healthy uh, for next year, I think, is, is going to be big, along with Sadir Mitchell. Uh, but look, Alex January and DeAndre Robinson are both midterm enrollees. That's huge. Just look at midterm enrollees and how much more they're impacting early in seasons and in their freshman seasons. So having both of those guys as early enrollees gives Tory Becton time to get those guys where they need to be physically. Um, and neither one of those guys are coming in. Sadir came in in a situation where they needed to trim some weight. Alex January and DeAndre Robinson aren't coming in like that. They're coming, and DeAndre Robinson is going to be scary now. He's a typical Florida public school kid. He has a really good coaching staff at Jones High, but it's not built like it is at Texas and Georgia with these athletic periods and these nine guy coaching staffs and a strength and conditioning coach on your staff that works with your guys every day in some capacity. Florida kids are raw physically. Watch DeAndre Robinson, how quickly he blossoms at a college strength and conditioning program. By the way, DeAndre Robinson will be in Austin this weekend. So I just, I'm not as concerned about it as other people are uh, because I like the talent and the size they're bringing in at that specific position. Uh, we're going to take another D line question. This one from Jimmy S. He says, Are y'all, are you guys surprised that Sorrell's name hasn't been called as much so far? And they're playing a more head up over tackle. You know, he's doing his – he's yeah. playing well with his job. He's, he's helping playing, others a he's, lot, too. He's playing well. And, look, Ethan yeah. Burke's lining up wide in the two-point stance. I mean, Ethan Burke is in that athletic pass rush position. Um, but I think Baron Sorrell's playing really well. He's playing uh, to the role he has on this team, and he's a consistent player. You know what you're going to get, play in, play out, game in, game out. I think he's having a solid season um, this year without having the stat productive season. Okay, we're going to look at uh, the other side of the ball now. Corey J says, in y'all's opinion, who's the better wideout, DK or Cook? Is, Bo, is UT Boy on here? Okay. <laughs> I haven't it's seen not, him today. No, John T. Cook's very good. Uh, DeCorey Moore is just a different level explosiveness naturally. I mean, there aren't many guys like DK Moore. Ryan Williams. Um he is Ryan Williams is DK Moore's explosiveness even a little better with his ball in hand after catch. Uh, yeah. Those guys are a different level of explosiveness naturally, just the way they move. There's, there just aren't many guys like them. And then Ryan from Shiner wants to know: Is Nayor a candidate to return next season? Possibly, absolutely. Like if he's healthy, if he's healthy and wants another year. Absolutely, it wants to help his draft stock. If absolutely, I think he's definitely a candidate to return. I, I think there's a couple of things that uh, to look at there is because the numbers are going to be thin anyway. It, the, the thing is, does he think he's going to get targets? If he doesn't, yeah. he could grad transfer somewhere else. I mean, that that's really kind of the deal with me where I look at Isaiah Nayor. Um, it, it, as the season moves along, you know, does he believe he's going to get the targets at Texas if he comes back for another year? If not, he should be in a position where he could grad transfer and go somewhere else because there's a lot of competition at wide receiver at Texas. And there's going to be Texas will go to the portal and get somebody else with this high school class. 
All right, guys, let's talk about the O-line for a minute. The Green Lantern says, after seeing DJ Campbell pulverizing two Bama linemen at the goal line on the touchdown, does the entire O-line have the potential to be that mean and effective? Well, I don't think every guy has that mentality. I mean, uh, Cole Hudson's a physical player. Kelvin DJ's the mean one. DJ's different. DJ, you know, I always joke and say, if Byron Murphy walked into the alley, I know he would always come out if you sent him in with somebody else. If him and DJ walked in that alley, I'm not sure who would come out. That would hey, be Jerry, a, speaking of. That would be a battle to the death. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I, I Look, I pick Byron Murphy every time. This is like I used to say it about Casey Hampton. There Casey Hampton walks into the alley with somebody else. I'm always betting on him coming out. That's a little tougher one, man. That would be a uh, – we'd have to wait a while to see who crawled out of the alley on, on that one. But, but hey, but, hey but, by the way, next year Daniel Cruz is coming in, and he's the same dude. I'm just telling you. Physically. You understand, Byron Murphy's DNA is part canine, okay? <laughs> like, he bites. So, But, but people got to understand DJ – DJ is just a violent disposition. Like we saw the best of DJ Campbell in high school when he played defensive tackle, not when he played offensive line. Hey, le- hey, let's say this about DJ Campbell. DJ Campbell in high school signed with Texas and was one of the in December and was one of the few players that was able to keep it quiet. Um, he enjoys other people's pain. <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there were some, there were some recruiting reporters out there in pain because they they didn't know he had already signed. DJ uh, Campbell, he enjoys people's pain. I'll never forget when Oklahoma showed up to his basketball game, and it's like, hey guys, uh, I don't know if you know, <laughs> it was already done, and they were sending the staff to his basketball game. Oh, man, right, we got a couple of super chats we got to knock out, guys. Rudy Serda says, if getting players from IMG and, and Modern Day don't uh, doesn't let other people know this program is in an upward projection, then I don't know what does. What yeah, do think? I, I think, look, I, you got to get the right players, right? I mean, but the interest. Here's the thing that I think the biggest thing that's going to come out of the Alabama win is – when you have wins like this, if Texas goes on and handles their business season, and I'm not saying national championship, anything like that. I mean, Matthew McConaughey's line was great. The Big 12 championship's the goal. National championship's the dream. Right now, the national championship's a dream. Um, but if you just go on, have the type of season that's now in front of this team, the biggest thing you're going to see out of the Alabama game, you're going to see more kids from the Southeast region, more kids from a couple of those programs Texas really wants to get those kids on campus from. You're going to see more of those kids come to Austin. That's the biggest thing recruiting-wise that's going to come out of this game long-term for Texas. The one built-in advantage, Nick Saban, in recruiting, that he's earned it, by the way. But the built-in advantage he's had, Kirby's enjoying that now. You can get every kid you want in America to your campus. When you can get every kid you want to your campus, that mental eval question earlier is much easier. You get to evaluate those guys physically in your elite camp setting, even if it's only just movement skills, checking some boxes, you have such an advantage in recruiting. The more these kids you can get to your campus, the more hands you can shake, the more time spent with the parents and the kid. That's the biggest thing that's going to come out of this win in recruiting for Texas long-term. More kids on campus. All right, well, then we have another super chat, guys. This one from John Campbell. And by the way, thank you, Rudy. We appreciate it. Uh, he says, reports of Quinn calling a players-only meeting the other day. It's pretty clear to me that he's much more comfortable in his leadership role this season, and that's huge for the team ceiling. I know we touched on this at the beginning, but let's talk about it one more right. time. 
Yeah, hey, John, appreciate appreciate the super chat stuff from last week as well, man. Big big thanks there. I just want to double down on what Jerry said a little bit earlier. Uh, player led teams win championships. Coach led teams win titles. I've known Quinn Ewers for seven years. I've never heard his voice get that loud. This is a transformation of his emotional maturity and and, and drive. He's always had the arm talent. He's always he's always had the most talented arm in the world. It was putting all that other stuff kind of coming together. His his the bass in his voice at Bama I have never heard before, and that's different. He's an introvert. This is a quiet kind of. He didn't do that in high school. To me, that's showing he's growing. Plus, sending out those texts, like you said, to to to, to Sark to let the guys know, hey, we need to get past Bama. That's player led stuff, fellas, and that's usually ends in a pretty good season. It it's also shows a guy in his circle that's reflective. That, that understands, look, we talk about the arm talent um, and that could lead him to the first round, but the scouts start seeing and feeling things like that. That helps his draft stock. He makes money doing things like this, guys, outside yep. of one passes on Saturday. Bobby, Britt, right. Bobby is on a plane. He's probably flying over Port Natchez here in about 20 minutes. No, he doesn't take that route from Nashville. <laughs> it's a private okay. plane. He's probably on his on his own jet. I still haven't got to ride in it. I told him that yesterday. I was like, I don't, I don't know what we're doing here if I can't ride in your private jet. I have 50 times. I'll send you photos. Damn you, Jerry. <laughs> All right, guys. Rudy O asks, Sark did a masterful job in scheming for Alabama. He had a full offseason to prepare, but now it's week to week. Which future opponent will be the hardest to prepare for going forward? Um, Kansas State's going to be a tough matchup, but it's not hard to, to match up. It's not hard to prepare for, but it's it's a tough matchup. What do you think, Jerry? Yeah, I, I think um, I think that for sure. I think, look, Kansas, you have to have a lot of rush lane discipline, gap yeah. sound defense against Kansas because Jalen Daniels is a really good playmaker with the ball in his hand. Look, they're not going to play anybody as fast as Jalen Milrow, obviously. So if you lost contain against Bama – Milrow, he looks so fast getting outside that it scares you immediately. Even though I'm not sure he's an instinctive runner with ball in hand at quarterback, he's a great athlete. Jalen Daniels is instinctive at that position with the ball in his hand. So your run discipline, your gap sound against Neal, or the running back who's a Jet now, that's that forces you to be very disciplined defensively against Kansas. I, I, I agree from a physicality standpoint. Um, it's it's Kansas State, and the reason I say that their offensive line is good enough to negate Texas's strength on the in defensive line interior. I'm not saying Texas guys won't make plays, but I'm saying as an interior offensive line, those guys are the best team Texas will face this year in terms of neutralizing a strength. So that's going to put a little more pressure on uh, on everybody else uh, for Texas against Kansas State. Okay, we got a time for a few more questions, but before we move on, guys, I need to tell everybody about Goosehead Insurance and Chase Yarborough one more time. Uh, there's hundreds of insurance providers out there to choose from. Chase and his team, they've vetted the very best. They select only insurance companies that deserve your business for home, auto, life, flood, and umbrella policies. With rates on the rise across the straight state, why not make one phone call and allow Chase to shop around for you? Goosehead Insurance is the largest independent brokerage in the state of Texas. So contact Chase and his team today at chase.yarborough at goosehead.com 
or give them a call at 325-261-7127. And we want to thank Chase for sponsoring today's live stream. Thank you, Chase. Okay. Let's see. Jeff has asked this question a few times this week, and we never got around to it. So I'm going to ask today. He wants to know who the best Longhorn from y'all's, in y'all's opinion, from the Abilene area is. His hometown. I'm going to say Colt McCoy. Jim Ned's a couple of miles yeah, yeah. away from Abilene. Yeah. What about Ahmad Brooks? Wasn't he from Abilene? Yeah, yeah he's he Abilene was. high. Yeah, Colt's definitely the guy, though, right? Yeah. I mean, no doubt. Uh, Colt, Let's say Colt. if you if you couldn't pick Colt, who would you pick? Gosh, I would have to go look and see. Is there anybody I'm missing from the '60s that mm-hmm. like that played at Texas from Abilene? I mean, I I feel like that there is because Alabama had so much talent in the '50s and '60s and '70s. You know, there's some guys we're gonna miss that the old heads are gonna uh, remind us. Which is yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know on that. I have to look back. I should look back at, at that question. I forgot. Was I? Hey Blake, I like yep. this question here. Tetchapori, who is harder to play against at quarterback, Jalen Daniels or Jaden Daniels? Jalen Daniels, the Kansas quarterback, is better than the one at LSU. That was an easy one. <laughs> All right, so let's move on. We got a couple of. Aaron, somebody asked Aaron Humphrey was Lubbock Coronado. Mm. Somebody in the chat asked about Aaron Lubbock Coronado, I believe. Uh, we got a lot of recruiting questions left to get to today, guys. Uh, Joe McWaters preaches sometimes if we're still undefeated after OU and handle them easily, can we see some decommitments of previous Texas targets? I, I think a lot of things play out. I think the thing to remember is um, uh, this plays out over time. These kids are committed to other schools. Those kids have seasons. Those coaching staffs fight uh, to keep kids committed. So I think Texas needs to just continue to handle their business and see what happens uh, with uh, kids committed to other schools in those team seasons. I mean, I I think there's uh, some strong possibilities there, but Texas is also patient. The one thing about Sark, uh, Texas fans that follow recruiting closely know they play the long game. That this is a this is a November December thing for them. They're not going to let a kid flip to them unless they know it's not an emotional flip. It's an all in going to Texas flip. Uh, so they can p- be patient with this game. All right. Uh, FCJ says, "What y'all's high school football game of the week?" And y'all have already talked about what I think your answer is going to yeah, be. I, I, but what is it? Lobos Panthers. I, I I just love so guys. This is my it's my favorite game in the state of Texas, and that's not a knock on other games. But um, now Jasper West Orange. I went to Jasper West Orange when Earl Thomas, Dion Beasley, and Sean Weatherspoon were there. That that was that was a, an unbelievable one for me too. But year in year out, the get and my favorites at Longview. And that's nothing against Abe Martin Stadium. Like my dad coached in that coach has been there many many times. But at Longview in the bowl. Pine trees right there in the north end zone. The uh, howling wolf noise in that stadium. Um, that game is very, very special on the high school level when Lufkin is at Longview. It's my favorite high school game I've ever been to. That horn, Jerry. That <laughs> stinking horn, man. It's, I love it. Uh, just don't be near it or you're not going to hear anything the rest of the game. Uh, somebody asked underclassman Lufkin Longview recruits the number one D tackle on the board in 2025 in the state of Texas is Zion Williams from Lufkin. There you go. Patrick Page says he's inviting you, Justin, to Lobo Stadium. They don't lose there. They don't. 
Longview rarely ever loses at home. It's the ultimate home field advantage. It's a great stadium, great views. I'm telling you, it's going to be a great game. Longview's been the big dog the last few years in that rivalry. Lufkin cycling up. It's going to be a uh, a street fight. And I think I think Longview has a better defense than people are giving them credit for. I think they. I love Chase Smith. I love Buda Garrett. I love Willie Nelson. Not just the country singer, the safety committed to Oklahoma State. Very good. I, you know, they, 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 they've got a great defense and a great group of guys. And Lufkin's defensive line, I'm trying to tell y'all, it's not just Zion. They got a rotation of big dudes. That's going to be such a fun game. All right. We got a couple of super chats we're going to knock out. Rudy Serda again. We want to thank him once again. He says, OU and AM fans have been downplaying the win at Alabama. What else would you expect? They That's should, the Texas Tech stuff, too. Might as well put Texas be. Tech in that category, too, because they're sad as well. They should be. They, they, they should absolutely, if I'm a fan of those schools, I would absolutely downplay this victory. Now, Oklahoma has to stop if Texas is uh, 7 and 0, but 6 and 0, 7 and 0, right? <clears throat> But I would downplay it right now if I was that fan base, any other fan base. I'd and I would worry about beating New Mexico. I would downplay it until I can. <laughs> All right. Aloha Traveler with the Super Chat. Thank you, Aloha. He says, hey, fellas, good afternoon from Switzerland. The only position on the team that doesn't seem to be hitting on all cylinders is running back. Do you all think that Blue gets a shot? Yeah, I think Blue will play in his role. Um, I, I think he's he's very good in that role. I think yeah. he, he, obviously he'll get a few more touches this week if Baxter doesn't play. I still think we'll see Savy on red some. Um, but uh, look, I, I'm not sure running backs not hitting on all cylinders. I think Cedric Baxter was on his way to a hundred plus yard game against Rice easily. He just fell on his right shoulder. Um, he just came down on his right shoulder. Um, but here's the reality: rushing the ball against Alabama is not easy. Texas rushed for more yards Saturday than they did against Bama last year with Roshan and Bijan. So something to keep in mind, I think from a coaching standpoint, they want to continue to get more physical. They want DJ Campbell to get more experience, right? Cole Hudson is back now off of injury. He didn't play week one. They want Neto on the field more. They want to continue. They want to get Cam Williams and they want to continue to build that rotation that and be the physical run team that they ideally want to work to. Coach Irwin said something great early. He said, I offensive line, we we work on them like the first three or four weeks of the season. We see what they are after that, right? To get their pads underneath them, uh, build that continuity. But so running back, I'm not sure it's not hitting on all cylinders. It's hard for me to say that when you rush for more yards against Bama last week than you did the year before with Bijan and Rochon. I think rushing yards have been tough to come by early this season okay guys let's take two more questions then we're going to wrap it up here rob enfield says did jalen ford appear quiet due to others around him stepping up i think he i think he's just a veteran that'll pick his spots i think he's smart right i I think he's in a position where he doesn't have to be the voice all the time but when he becomes the voice it has meaning and he knows he's smart he knows when to pick his spots and then the final question good answer for, for today from Mark Bean. He says, what can the coaches do to assure the team won't have a letdown against Wyoming? So I have a different Buster opinion. Buster butt on, on Monday morning. I, I have a different opinion on that. Yes. <clears throat> I think it's the fans that aren't going to let. I mean, look, the energy level coming off an Alabama win, when you play Wyoming, naturally the energy level won't be as high 
for 60 minutes as it was last week. It's just natural. It's not humanly possible. I think the Texas fans, when those kids get off the bus Saturday, it's going to be like nothing they've heard since they've been at Texas. When they run out from under that tunnel Saturday, it's going to be like nothing they've heard since they've been at Texas. I think the Texas fan base is going to push that adrenaline with this group. Coaches can't do all the work. It's the timing of this home game against Wyoming, the LED lights, the night game, everything around. But it's going to be the Texas fan base that pushes pushes these guys Saturday, Saturday early in that game, and the adrenaline's going to go sky high. Treat this team like they're undefeated. They are. They are. All right. That's how the coaches assure the team. You got to beat the undefeated to stay undefeated. Wyoming is undefeated. Did you see the Texas Tech game? Well, that's the easiest thing for the Texas staff, too. If if Texas Tech had gone to Laramie and won 30 to nothing, your job's a little more difficult. And don't forget, too, the thing with Wyoming, and you said it earlier, they're so solid on defense. They almost are uh, stubborn on defense. Like, they literally – they're going to do what they do. But they are drastically different team on the road. When they get that altitude up in Casper or Laramie, it's a different, it's a different ball game. But they go on the road, they're a drastically different team. I think that's gonna have some residual effect. Hey, has anybody heard is Brett Yormark gonna be there to congratulate Sark and the team Saturday night? Is he gonna be at the game? <laughs> I, I don't that's a great question, Jerry. I mean, he should. He's they, look, he's the commissioner of the Big 12 now. He should probably be there and con- congratulate the University of Texas. And I mean, I'm beating Alabama and making the Big 12 look really good on the way. I, they I, heard, I heard Brett sent, sent a nice card to uh, to Sark, you know, after the Alabama win, saying, "I don't think it was a nice card. I think it said something like, you got lucky against Bama. Wait till you face Tech.' But it's hey, motivation's motivation. Bulletin board materials, bulletin board material. Brett, your mark." Texas fans, you need to thank that guy. Yeah. That's right, Will Butler. He's at, he's at, he's at a three-on-three tournament in <laughs> L.A. or something. <laughs> Will knows. My boy uh, Will knows. All right, guys. Well, don't forget, later today, live at the co-op, Rod and Bobby and Jerry will be there checking in as well from 3 to 4 o'clock. Uh, live stream, of course, will be right here on, on Texas Football. But if you go in person, there's free adult beverages to consume while you shop around. So be sure to go and check that out if you're in the Austin area. And then later today as well, the quarterback room uh, will be right here on On Texas Football at noon. And then, Jerry, I want you to talk about the game day lineup tomorrow, the to watch with us, and let everybody know about that if they've never tuned in. Yeah, if, if for Texas fans, uh, we have the watch with us. Bobby and I will do a live stream Saturday. Uh, probably around noonish, you know, uh, after I get into Austin, kind of set the stage for the game. Um, it, we haven't set that exact time, but then we have the watch with us during the game. Aaron Hogan hosts that, does an amazing job hosting that throughout the game. Bobby Burton will be on. I believe Rod Babers will be on. Uh, I may be on like last week, but we come to the watch with us on On Texas Football. Watch the game, get in the comments section, get in the discussion with us. It's a lot of fun. I mean, I, we had thousands of people for the Bama when it was really great um, online. And uh, the Texas fans bring it again Saturday night starting at 645 on On Texas Football. The Watch with us hosted by Aaron Hogan. Again, Bobby Burton, Rod Babers, myself, other guys, depending on what they're all doing, will jump on that during the game. And then after the game, we'll have the uh, post-game show immediately with uh, Bobby, Rod Babers, and Drew Kelson.
That's a must watch, man. That 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 post game show with Drew and Bobby and, and and Rod is really really good. I get caught watching it while I'm trying to do post game work. It's really good stuff. All right, then, Justin, before we leave, I want you to tell everybody about Inside Texas, maybe what you got coming up there today. Everything. (laughs) That's all we do. Ask Jerry. That's all we do. But this is what you need to know. This is the promo code. Come hang out with us. Let us earn your business. Put this promo code in, O-T-F-I-T-23. Get a dot for a dollar. You get two months. Come hang out with us. Come, please. Let us earn your business. I promise you. Uh, our community is one of the best in all of of sports, not just college football, not just Texas. We have some really good guys, some really good members, some really smart people, and then a lot of funny guys and and some knuckleheads in the mix. Come see us. Come hang out. We got an insight. We got the recruiting humidor from Jerry and I that's going to be posting here in just a bit. We're both working on that right now. We're shoring up that visitor list because, let me tell you, it's getting sexy. It's getting sweeter. And we're 24 hours – to Ski Brett's point, we released that a list yesterday in a story. We'll have that updated here in a little while. Oh, yeah. We've released one each week. We've had updates on that thing each week. Jerry's been all over that. And so we're going to have that as well. This humidor is going to be a must, must read. Uh, I've got some Corey and Gibson tidbits I'm going to throw in there that I didn't tell about, tell you guys last night. And you can only find those at InsideTexas.com. There you go. All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate it. We appreciate all the super chats. And then don't forget the quarterback room at noon. And then live at the co-op with Rod and Bobby and Jerry from 3 to 4 today. Coverage all weekend for Texas, Wyoming, recruiting, team-related, whatever it may be, over at InsideTexas.com. And, uh, yeah, for Justin Wells and Jerry Hamilton, I'm Blake Monroe, and we'll see you next time.